It's Friday! Friday! What's going on, Howie Spangler? It's Friday morning. Turn it up. Turn me up. Someone turn me up! It's Friday. Who's pumped? Well, I'm excited. Uh, this is episode 74. Tales from the Green Room. Thank you so much for tuning in. Even if it's your first one ever, there's 73 other episodes for you to listen to. Go check it out. There's some good stuff on there. A lot of, a lot of great interviews with Rome from Sublime with Rome. Uh, Micah from Iration. Eric from Revolution. Wax. Finn McKenty. Uh, he's a big YouTuber on the punk rock NBA. Um, so much stuff to listen to. So much content. Get some knowledge, people. Learn some things. If you're trying to make it in this business, I'm trying to help you. I want to help you. Let me know what you want What you want to know, too. Like, Leave me a voicemail. Go to my Instagram, Howie Spangler, at Howie Spangler. Hit me in the DM and leave me a voicemail. And get on the show for the mailbag. Ask me some questions. Give me a shout-out, whatever. <clears throat> what are some things I should be talking about? Who should I talk to? Uh, let's see. Renegade is killing it. Thank you all for listening. Um, getting some playlist love this week. Uh, Reggae Perfection just picked us up. And the CBN playlist just picked us up. And uh, a lot of user, user-driven user playlists as well. Um, <clears throat> we got 203 streams of Renegade uh, on Reggae Perfection alone just in the last couple days. So playlists are huge. If you didn't listen to... Uh, the previous episode with uh, Dan Ravenda. He's a playlist curator. He's got about a thou- almost a thousand followers now. And he gave some great tips in episode 73. So go listen to that. And uh, learn how to get on some playlists, baby. Um, Valley Who's got some shows. Tonight we're going to be, uh, if you're in Maryland or Virginia, you know, or roughly in the, you know, Two to three, maybe four hours away. Come hang out with us tonight at Gilligan's Pier in Newburgh, Maryland. It's down Southern Maryland. I, I believe it's off the Potomac. I really need to stop saying that. I need to look at a map first before I say things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, been playing there the last couple summers, I believe, and it's been fun. Good times. It's a big place. It's right on the beach. Um, tons of people, drinks. You know, a lot of fun. So uh, come hang out with us for that. I think we go on at like 10.30 tonight. So if you're around, come hang. Um, October, no, October. It's not October, it's June. Uh, June 21st, we're going to be in Ocean City for the the Jellyfish Festival with Batfish and Sticks. June 22nd, we're going to be in Denver, Colorado at the Denver Deluxe Festival with G-Love and more. Uh, June 28th, we're in Westerly, Rhode Island at Patty's Beach Club. Come hang out for that. Uh, it's another show is right on the beach, big compound. Like it's gonna be fun. Uh, June 29th, we're on Long Island again, Mulcahy's Pub. It's a free show in Wonsock. Free show. There's no excuse. If you're in New York City, take the bus, take the train, not the bus, take the train, the subway, whatever. However, you New York people get around, um, and uh, get over to Long Long Island and uh, come hang out with us. Free show. Gonna be great. Um, June 30th, Boston. Boston, Massachusetts, we're doing the, the Rock On uh, concert cruise again. Um, so it's going to be 
you're going to be uh, hanging with like two or 300 other people drinking beer and watching us play. So um, come hang out. It sold out last year. Tickets are moving pretty fast. So grab those as soon as you can. Uh, and then July 25th, we're going to be at Asbury Park, New Jersey at the House of Independence. Uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, Ju- July 26th at Union Jacks. Leonardtown, Maryland, July 27th at Old Town Pub. Uh, and then in August, we're going to be doing some shows with Revolution and Pacifier. And, you know, shit's just crazy at that point. Uh, so go to ballyhoorocks.com slash tour to get all the dates. And, uh, yeah. All right, let's get into the episode. Today, I'm talking with Joey Harkham, good friend of mine from uh, the early 2000s, as it turns out. We figured it out. Um, he was in a band called Pasadena. He's now doing a solo thing. Uh, one of the best voices I've ever heard. Very great songwriter. Um and uh, everybody needs to take notes. Um, so this guy's out doing things on his own nowadays and uh, still just as great. We had a great conversation about a lot of things. Check it out. Here's Joey Harkham. This is episode 74, Tales from the Green Room. Joey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, brother. Good, man. Right on. I haven't talked to you in a while. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> you guys stay busy, man. Love seeing it. Yeah, it's actually nice. We're home for a bit. We're kind of doing like weekends until like August, really. And not even all weekends, just like, I don't know, like we're having like weekends off. It's awesome. Do you get traumatized with a Saturday off or do you love it? I'm sure you love it with the kids and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I have like a Saturday off, I just like feel I'm doing something wrong for some reason. <laughs> but yeah. I, you know, you got to like see past and be like, oh wait, just enjoy your life. Yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, <laughs> it's kind con- of like if I if I'm not working, like I'm I'm losing my mind, you know. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. You have to take a second to enjoy things a little bit, you know. Yeah, good time to be home in Maryland for sure. Yeah, it's really nice out lately. So uh, what's been going on, man? How, what are you up to? Well, um, I'm kind of home till August too, but doing some <clears throat> some little runs. Uh, just started a solo band two years ago, and I'm doing band shows when I can, and then rest of the time doing solo gigs. And um, it's been a crazy two years, man. Kind of restarted and rebranded and um trying to do things right you know taking notes <laughs> and uh <laughs> trying to trying to get out there man been doing pretty well but it's just so it's so much work to start especially at my age starting over again right it's been a lot of work yeah i when you it's hard to gain momentum again yeah but it's going good now um got uh got new booking back in March and I just got management. So now I'm just putting my head down doing the work, man. That's great. Let's, uh, let's go back. Let's, um, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about, uh, I met you back in the Pasadena days. Yeah. I mean, I think me and you probably t- almost 20 years ago, probably something like that. <clears throat> crazy yeah it's getting there i guess we're yeah it was, it was early 2000s for sure um yeah man 
I don't even remember like the first shows. I, I remember doing uh remember Starscape? Yeah, man, Starscape. <laughs> that was awesome. I I snuck into that every year until we played. And then we played I think four years in a row. So I never paid to get in that place. But it was always such a good time. We used to live that's like my side of town. We used to like <clears throat> we used to sneak in the back way and uh man, it was so good. And then when they had the bands I mean, they had, like, Slick Rick played there. Yeah. With, like, a full band. It was amazing. Um, they had Disco Biscuits, Martin Desky Wood. Uh, that was such a good time. Yeah, the year that we played, it was uh, John Brown's Body. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, we, did, we never got paid for that show. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a lot of money back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and we used to rock whiskey with you guys and uh, sonar back in the day. Sonar. Man, those, yeah, this is, this was like prime time, man. This was like, oh, man, it was just a shit show back then. Oh, yeah. You know? A ton of great bands. Nobody like, you know, we're all young, crazy. Yeah. Oh, good times. <laughs> oh, man, there's so many nights at the Whiskey and Sonar where just either, either you know, Jameson or, or Jaeger, <laughs> one of the two. Um, I'm oh. glad we survived. <laughs> yeah, man. I know. Sometimes I think about it. Like, how the hell? How, how we... we played um, Party Block with you guys down the ocean a few times, which was really fun. Those are just hazy events as well. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we're talking, this is like 07 when you're talking about. Yeah. And that was the the year that the band refers to as the Great Blackout. Oh my god! Of two thousand seven, <laughs> it was it was just so like we were, oh my god, we just drank so much back then and had a lot of good times and a lot of good shows. But uh, yeah, it's it's wild just to think about you know all the holes that we played and like you know on the I remember the the paddock had like. The room was just not built for live bands. It just wasn't made for no. live music. It was and, like a dead zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just like, it, it was just too open. It wasn't treated. Like it was just, there's like snare drum is bouncing like all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just and, so And you know, like, and they gave you a band house behind it. And I'm pretty sure we never had a tab. They were just like, hey, just destroy yourselves. And you know, yeah, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> pretty sure, yeah, pretty sure that's what happens. Yeah, uh, we, <clears throat> I remember staying at the band house quite a few times. Um, and uh, yeah, just man, the, the, what a wild time that was. Now, um, now it's things are just a little more sophisticated and laid back. <laughs> yeah, so I tell you, I mean, you've, you've helped me a lot in Pasadena, you know, through the years. I mean, you got us, you got us first. You probably don't remember. You helped so many people, but you got us our first show in Philly, I think, and definitely Myrtle Beach. You hooked me up with the first show we played there, and then there was like a show you you guys and uh, Passfire were playing down the coast, and I was doing a solo tour, and I, I think I called you. I was like, "Hey, can I open these shows?" You're like, "Yeah, sure." Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Cool, I remember man. that. Yeah. First time I played at the Poor House was with you. Damn. That was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad. Like, <clears throat> that's always been the thing. Like, we always try to help when we can. You know, if we can help, we we will. You know, 
And uh, yeah, especially when it's like a, a friend's band or an artist that we know, it's like, yeah, we want to, you know, extend the, you know, the and light, it's hard, the, you know, and it's hard to up. do that too. So you, you definitely, and I'm sure you've done that for a ton of people too. Yeah. I mean, you got to go through hoops sometimes, you know, sometimes a promoter wants someone, something else, you know, but you're like, nah, nah, put them on, put them on. They're dope or, or whatever, you know, um, or just it's sometimes it's not even about tickets. Cause a lot of times it's like, okay, we'll do the draw, you know? Um, and sometimes it's like, it doesn't matter. It's just going to make a good show, and this person could use the exposure. Yeah. You know? We did that with a lot of people, too, and um, and it was really cool to see when I went, when I started the solo thing, I'm, you know, I'm looking for support slots and stuff, trying to get back out, and a lot of them guys were like, come on, man, let's do it, you know, help me right now, which has been a big help. Because when you show, you know, the stuff I'm doing now, it's a little more laid back, more of the singer songwriter stuff. So I didn't lose, you know, a ton of, of fan base, uh, but I did lose some of the, you know, some of the crowd from Pasadena. Yeah. So it's just been like rebuilding and that's like <clears throat> getting help, you know, it's hard to do. <clears throat> so anytime you can help somebody, you know, it just, Makes it makes it like I don't know you know like back in the day you show swap and stuff like that, but it's like to help people when you're in a situation where you can just means so much for somebody who's out there working you know. Yeah, that was always the thing for us um, too. Was like they're they're a hard this you know people that we would vouch for were hard workers and they were making their own way. They weren't depending on helping hands constantly. You gotta have a driving force inside you, you know, for people to believe in you. And yeah, I think in the beginning, it's like, <clears throat> you know, in the very beginning, you get people going, oh, that's cool. Yeah, come on, uh, do you know, get jump on this or whatever, like just as a, as like a, I don't know, a courtesy or this guy's new or this band's new. But after a while, like, I, I mean, like I've had, I've had people come up to me and say things like, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to play for 10 people. What are we going to, you know, I just want to get out there and, you know, play festivals and play these. I'm like, dude, get out of my face <laughs> with that shit. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that <laughs> you gotta way, man. Start at, you got lucky if you start at 10. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And we play for yeah. nobody, man. We play for nobody. Many times. Yeah. And it's just something you have to, you have to work at. And, and people think that, some people think that, it's going to happen in a year or two. It's going to, it's going to take fucking years, a decade plus, you know, and you still don't want them all, you know, you do the best you can to promote and get all your, all your promotion. You got, you know, and you got the show and you've been promoting for, you know, two months and you finally get half across the state or, you know, the country and you lose, you you have a a beat show. Sometimes you can't help it. Like, you know, and I guess the different tiers you get to, you know, a beat show for some people might be a hundred people, but for some people, you know, 50 people is a win. Like for me, if I can get 50 people in a room, I'm happy, you know, but that's not saying like some people have 50 people and they're bummed out, but you, you can't take that kind of stuff personally because you just can't control it. You know, you can do your best, but you can't control how it's going to go. Hmm. You can only do, 
I mean, what you can do, you know, you can only, you, you, it's on you to promote. It's on you to make tunes that people like, you know, um, it's, it's on you to, uh, you know, when you, when something goes wrong, you bounce back, you fix it, you fix what was wrong and you move on. You know, it's like, that's persistence, you know, that's huge and resilience. You got to be able to bounce back from, from damaging events you and know? you can really only do that by getting out there and touring. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you won't know. I mean, you could have, a, you could look at your insights and stuff and see there are people, you know, listening in certain states, but when, once you get out there, then you really know what you need to work harder at. And I think if, when you get on the road for so long too, stuff like that, you take it more, you take a note, you know, you don't, you don't beat yourself up. You can't take, failure personally as long as you're working you know you say what did i do wrong here why are we why are we you know across the country in this place and why why didn't we bring them in but i remember back in the day it was just devastating (laughs) to like you know have a tour and like you know you have like a bad week where you're seems like it always happens kind of in the middle of the country too just like oh man you know Maybe I shouldn't have came to Nebraska, which actually Nebraska is a bad example. They love music, but there's certain places where you go and you're like, Oh yeah, this isn't for me. I don't think I'm going to do well here. And then you just pass it next time or work harder to try and get them. Yeah. It's a, it's tough to figure out. I think you'll, you know, you'll, you'll kill yourself trying to think about all the reasons why something didn't work. Um, in my experience, like you can beat yourself up about it. You can, you know, sit and pick apart the entire show, you know, and sometimes I don't know, it's just, it's many, many factors that could go into it. It, you know, the promoter maybe didn't do any work or maybe it's a weird night. It's a Wednesday or a Tuesday and, you know, people got to get up early or maybe there's another event in town that night or the next night. And I don't know how many times we've, uh, we've been on the road, and we seem to be following like the biggest bands in our genre. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> so like, like damn it. Oh, I was, I was going to go to your show tonight, but, but revolution's playing here tomorrow. And I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Three eleven's in town. Three eleven's yeah. in town. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Or like, you know, how many times you play somewhere and they're like, well, the big, you know, the big free concert in the parks happening tonight. And they got like, Robert Randolph or somebody like, you know, it's like shit. Right. I mean, we're across the street from that show. How are we going to do that? Yeah. I can't compete with that. So it's, it's all about like embracing it and just trying to figure out ways to, um, to make it the best you can. And the thing is too, man, I played a ton of shows for like a few people and they're there and they're stoked. And if you phone it in for them, you're doing a disservice to everything that got you out on that tour, you know, to play music in front of people. And those kind of, those kind of people that are keep coming out, you know, if you make them comfortable and you come over and say hi and you get to meet them, you become like close with them. And then next thing you know, they're at every show and they're bringing everybody they know out, you know, so sometimes that shows, you know, obviously no one's played that show, but if, if you just stay true to the reason why you're out there, it's a lot better than beating yourself up about it because it'll just affect 
it'll affect the whole show. And, you know, if the, if the promoter's there and you play a show for 20 people, but you kill it and the promoter sees it, he'll have you back on a support slot. You know, there's just like, yeah, I just hate seeing bands that like phone it in for a dead show. Yeah. hundred percent. You you have to give it your all no matter what. And I know there's definitely been nights where, you know, I just feel no energy and I'm in a bad mood about something and it's, I don't know, it's weird. You go out there and you're just like, yeah, you're thinking, sometimes I think I'm going to go through the motions and which obviously that sucks, but um, it sucks for the crowd and sucks for everybody else. But, uh, but then sometimes it'll kick in. Most of the time it'll kick in and I'll, just, I'll, I'll feel better, you know, because I'm on stage, I'm doing it and people are having a good time. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's all about, you know, you got you to gotta present your show 100%, like no matter who's there, no matter how many people are there, um, it's got to be the same intensity every night. And uh, you have to be in it for the long game. You know, yeah. you can't get upset about, you know, one or two bad shows. Um, which I have, you know, all the things that I'm saying, I'm guilty of all of it, but. Oh, me too. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, but when you take a moment to reflect, it's like, you gotta, you know, it's easier for me to say these things when I'm sitting here, you know, in my studio, you know, just hanging out in my house when, rather than, you know, being on the road for six weeks and having a bad show in the middle somewhere, you know, because you're tired, it's, you know, you're cranky, you know, everybody else is cranky. It's been a long, you know you have to really try to get over yourself and, and make it about the show and about the people that paid to see you and uh, consider the alternative. You know, I could be waiting tables still, you know? Yeah. And that's certainly not what I want to do with my life. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right about that. It's hard to keep it together, man. Especially, you know, I got a, well, I don't have any kids, but you know, I got a mortgage and, Got a wife, and I mean, I don't know. You guys gotta be. It's gonna be crazy for you with a family. A little bit. <laughs> so it's just like anything else, where um, you know, kids are obviously, you know, all the all, all or you know, most or all the attention goes on the kids for obvious reasons. Um, but I've always had the mindset of like, okay, well, that's just that's another thing that is important and something I have to deal with, you know, I have to, I I want to, but I, I, you know, I can't deny it. Um, so it's just, it's sort of another thing that was thrown in there that is now part of my life. It's undeniable. It's not going away. And now I have to make this work in spite of that. And so, you know, uh, it's never really a thought in my mind, Ah, fuck! I got kids. It's more like, <laughs> you know, it's it's it was in the beginning for sure, but um. No, yeah, but just another. Uh, it's a lot to even even just touring and, and everything, just trying to keep trying to be everywhere all the time. It's hard to do. <clears throat> yeah, especially with people you love. You know, you don't want to be away. It's hard to sure. be. It's hard to be present when you're not present. Like yeah, when I'm on the phone with my son, or you know, my daughter wants to FaceTime. You know, and then I got to give attention to Danielle. You know, it's like everybody needs attention from me, but I've also got to be a hundred percent deep into this music thing. Because uh, if I'm not, then I need to just come home. 
you know so yeah. it's it's like it's weird there's like there's like two 100% you know it's like the music and then the family those are the 100% you know and like you have to represent for both of them fully you can't yeah you can't one can't be less than the other you know but um the music in a way takes precedence it sounds weird saying this, but <clears throat> no, you, you sacrifice, you know, and, and <clears throat> I mean, how many, I'm sure you've missed a lot of other stuff too. You know, I've missed funerals and weddings and yeah. shit. Cause I was on the other side of the country. Yeah. Plenty. It's like you can't, can't spend a thousand dollars to get home or something. Right. And leave everybody there. You know, it's hard, man, but that's the thing. That's why, that's why people do it. You love it so much. You can, you can get out there and, and make those sacrifices and try and make it all work. <clears throat> At the end of the day, that's what you do. You, you help, you help people with your music and you make people happy with your music and that's who you are. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I feel slave to it in a way because what I was getting at was like, um, it, it takes precedence because the, it's how I provide the living for the family, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's not that the music is more important than the family, but it is the thing that keeps us eating and has a roof over our heads. Gotta work, yeah. You know, so like I have to do what comes along with that, and that's be away, you know, and <clears throat> be down here in my studio most of the day, every day. Um, you know, my daughter wants to play and things like that. I got to go make lunch and I got to make dinner, and all these things keep happening. I get a lot of interruptions throughout the day, but. It, that's it. Just comes with the uh, the territory, as they say. You know. Do you have? Do you set aside time to write when you're home? Do you have like? I I just know I've been listening to a lot of people talk about how they you know some people put like an hour away a day or something to write, and sometimes I forget to write. You know, yeah. you get so busy and caught up with everything, you're like. I guess I should play my guitar. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly what happens, man. I, I don't play my guitar as much as I should. I, like, honestly, I used to play every day. And um, I, I have such a full plate. If I didn't have a full plate before, I, I certainly do now. And um, it's definitely, like, spilling over. And um, so I forget to write and pick up my guitar. Like, I'll... I definitely will come down here. I've been like this week, I've been coming down for like five or 10 minutes because I have an idea and I'll strum it out, throw it on the, the voice memo, you know? And um, yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. But I haven't really sat and tried to, you know, in a Pro Tools session and really like throw things down and work it out in a while. I've been um, producing and engineering and mixing other bands at the moment, but I'm still. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're doing a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, that's been a lot of fun too. It's definitely it's a way to spread the wings and uh, dip into different things. And I'm like learning so much about engineering and um, and mixing. I've gotten into mixing more lately. I'm like mixing like the, my first record for an artist. Like the full. I, I mixed a. I actually mixed a, the, the new um, higher education song that's coming out. Um, Night. Called Summer Love. And that was, I yep. think that was the first one that I, I did for another artist. Um, and I think it turned out pretty good. And then I've, I've mixed a couple of the Ballyhoo tracks lately. And 
and I was already working with this guy, Russ Baum and Chris Carasales. Yeah, man, I love Russ. He's been down in your studio a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So He's a great guy, man. Yeah. He's another one of the guys that worked his ass off. I really, really respect Russ. He's a great guy. Yes, I'm doing an indie gig for him in like two weeks or he, one of his rooms out there. Yeah, I told those guys to just start trading shows and just getting, you know, because they, they're, they're going to get this. Once I'm done mixing this and we get it mastered and everything, they're going to get it out there and hopefully they'll have a single out in the next, um, you know, month or two. But <clears throat> um, hopefully uh, they'll, they're, they're starting to play some shows, but they're, they're called Meager Kings now. Um, and they're, I think they're looking for another guitar player and things like that to kind of fill out the band. And uh, I'm hoping to see them, you know, hitting hitting the tour stuff in the fall. Yeah, man. They do uh, the tour de vore. Yeah. I want to get on one of those. Dude, you got to, time. man. I'll put in a word for sure. Cause um, yeah. we did a, I did last summer with them. I think we did like two weeks together. It was, it was me, Pinto, uh, Russ Baum, Chris, uh, Jason, and did mostly Florida. And a couple, like we did a Jersey date and a Baltimore date. And um, I came to that Baltimore show, but I missed you. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The um, I got there right at the end, and I ended up, those guys crashed in my house that night. And uh, oh, man, this poor guy. I got a bar in my basement, and I was just turned up. <laughs> we got it in. <laughs> and luckily, Jason went to bed before I embarrassed myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, good. <clears throat> Jason is like a cat, he sleeps most of the day, every day. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, so, when did you start? Uh, when did you start writing songs? Um, I've been writing songs. I guess probably like sixteen. My dad played guitar, so I always played guitar, uh, and I've always played acoustic guitar. He's big in the country. He still is, but about sixteen, and then I would, you know, kind of be be the guy at the party with the guitar and um, started writing songs and it was like, you know, really into Green Day and Operation Ivy and Sublime. It's like, you know, most people at that age are. Yep. Started writing angry campfire kind of punk rocky songs and um, and uh, I somehow got a hold of like an old my mother had an old karaoke machine and it would you could record on the cassette tape from the microphone. You could plug a guitar like a quarter inch into it. So I started making mixtapes for my friends. Nice. And they dug it. So then like, you know, from there I just kept writing and started going to open mics and stuff. And I think Pasadena's first show, I think I was 18 or 19 when we started playing in the city. Nice. Something like that. What, uh, so what year was that, roughly? Probably, probably 2001 or, I think our first Weebo was, uh, was 2001. And that was like our first big gig, the Weebo, uh, Southwest Baltimore Arts Festival. Haven't heard about that festival in a long time. Yeah, it just happened. It happens. They're still killing it, man. I think it's like their 38th one or something like that. Wow. Crazy. 
I honestly did not know they were still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how out of touch with the scene I am around here, man. So we're always out. And... I'm getting bad too, man. It's crazy. I just look you're not, forward. You know, you're not home enough. To... I look forward and out and away. I look for what's going on out there, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so 2001 was Pasadena's first show. And then... Uh, yeah, and then we we just kind of played, you know, kind of like a, it was a very young band, and um, I think we I think we put out like an EP in two thousand six, four songer, and then after that we started getting out of town a little bit, but then two thousand eight is when Sick and Tired came out, and that's when we really started rolling. So. Yeah. Probably got serious around 2007. As serious as you can be when you're young and drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember sick and tired. That, that was definitely one of the um, one of the classic songs for you guys. Yeah, you guys. I remember you guys hitting the road. Um, what was the extent of the, the touring for you guys? You know, 2007 till you know when you guys fizzled out. How, uh, most the East out? Coast, um, most the East Coast, and then uh, I can't remember exactly when, but at some point we went out to California, and I, I remember talking to you about that. Um, I forget we were at a show somewhere, might have been Power Plant or something, and I, was, I asked you, I said, "When did it start really coming together for you?" And you were like, "When we started going to California." So then I think I called Rob or called Rob or uh, our old uh, booking agent, and I said, "We got to go to California." And that was a whole nother beast, man. Exciting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Remember the first time we went, like, put our feet in the ocean on the West Coast? We're like, we did it, amazing, <laughs> amazing, dude. I was, yeah, I did the same when we crossed. Uh, <laughs> We crossed on the northern side. We our first show, our first show in California ever was in Sacramento, um, at the, a place called like the Capitol Garage or something like that. Um, and as soon as we cross into California, um, I have it on video somewhere, but it's just us going, "We fucking did it! Yeah!" <laughs> we were so pumped. We were just like California, like. It was huge. And they have the Ocean City sign. Did you see that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. That's funny. Um, yeah, and Ocean City's got one too. When you're leaving Ocean City, it says Sacramento, however many miles it is, <laughs> 3,000 miles or something. And then uh, they have one on, the, on Sacramento. Sacramento's a really cool town, man. We've had good shows there. We've got some friends out there. I think our first show was Winston. In San Diego. I think it was the first show we played in California in the day. Yeah, in OB. And, um, you know, we still play that room. I like that room a lot. That's a DC bar. Yeah. Yeah, they got all kinds of um, DC stuff hanging around. I guess the guy owns it from DC. Oh, is it the... Oh, that's right. Like of Capitals jerseys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think like the the Wi-Fi was like Fugazi or something like that. 
I don't remember. Something like that. There was a, there's definitely a room where like the Wi-Fi uh, password is like Fugazi or the network or some name. And they're like a DC club or whatever. It wasn't, but they're not in DC, you know? Um, yeah, Winston's is cool. We played there um, a bunch of times uh, when we f- like the first few years in California. Um, and then we moved it to the 710. Yeah, that's a good room too. Yeah, um, we've, been, we've been selling out shows there for a couple of years now. And um, so I'm, I'm hoping the next time we go back, we can move into, you know, one of the bigger rooms. I mean, that's what it's all about is, you know, I think like trying to bite off more than you can chew and like play in a room that's big or whatever and cool because it's cool and it looks good on a flyer um, is the Yeah, but move. you'd rather be, especially there because I'd rather play 710 than that, um, that House of Blues room. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like just it just seems like a better vibe. Not that I wouldn't play the house blues, but you know, for you guys selling that out, you guys played it freaking um, at uh, Smitty's in Pueblo the other time. <laughs> yeah, we did with Expendables, man. That's awesome. I was so happy to see you play in that room. <laughs> oh, they were too. We were, uh, man, it was a, Adam and them guys are fucking great guys. It's a fun night. It was, it was definitely a, um, a shit show. It was, it was stupid oh, packed. It was oversold <laughs> and it was like it, just the room, the stage between all the bands on, you know, it was just, it was crazy. We had to really like shrink it down. <clears throat> I think, I think everybody used Donald's kit that night and, um, it was just, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, you got a big show, man. I can't, I can imagine that place was probably insane that night. Yeah, it was great, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and and that's the thing. Like, it's hard because rooms like that that are so small and, and logistically, it's kind of a nightmare. You know. Yeah. Uh, with the stage set up and everything, and. But you know the show is going to be a good time. Like there's going to be a lot of people in there, and it's going to be crazy. Um, it's hard to like get away from that when it's because you kind of get used to being comfortable in these big stages with with you know um, plenty of room to run around, and I'm not I don't have a drum kit up my ass the whole time, and um, yeah, you know I'm not tripping over shit. Like it's nice to have those spacious stages, but you know you play a show like that from time to time, and you're like, damn man, this is what it's all about. You know, party man. It's like yeah, it's about everybody. looking good and everything and, and doing the thing, but like, man, just having a great show when everybody's connected and it's just yep. loud. Not a bad and seat in the yeah. You're right there. Yeah, you're right there. It's just it's a big fucking mess, but for whatever reason, like it's just the energy is just off the charts. Whenever we have this kind of shows, my my hand is like a magnet for the symbol that the drummer's about to hit. For some reason, <laughs> or my elbow. You know, when you're smashed in like that, I've, I'm like really good at finding that exact moment where I'll swing my hand over or something and he cracks that symbol right when I'm in the vicinity of it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's not a good feeling. Oh, man. Yeah, I definitely split my uh, my elbow open a couple times on Donald's symbols. Um, you know, that's the blood part, I guess, of the blood, sweat, and tears. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. See, it wasn't that bad. We're back. And let's pick up where we left off with Joey Harkham. 
man, I wanted to tell you, man, I love, um, I haven't, I haven't got a chance to really snoop around in it, but I love that van you got, man. I'm big into that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you got a sweet van, bro. Thanks, man. Pretty stoked on it I just, myself. I just recently, um, <clears throat> when, uh, when Pasadena broke up, I, I ended up getting a new van. I got a, like a taller top transit and I put a bed in the back and full battery and everything. And, um, man, it's a, it's a lifesaver sometimes. Yeah. I mean, when you compare it to, you know, what we did for years leading up to that, you know, we, we were in a, in a passenger van for 15 or 11 years and mm-hmm. we finally moved over to this sprinter and we, you know, built it out and just being able to get up and walk to the bunk area and lay down for a couple hours, you know, while the drive is finished or, or whatever, yep. or while we're sitting there, you know, cause a lot of times like before the show, like everybody's tired and nobody's really talking and we're just kind of like laying back and chilling and being able to yeah, just you can get there early. Yeah. You can know, get there you early. Get being able to actually lay down is so huge mm-hmm. as opposed to like being cramped up in a, in a, um, a bench and, um, you know, video games and movies and whatever. It's just, got a cooler in there it's it's awesome man like we have everything we need and we we barely use green rooms you know if it's if if it's one of those types of green rooms that has like maybe a couch and it's like yeah. the size of a, a bathroom it's like we're not even gonna bother like especially when yep. we're on tour with other bands it's like you guys can have it like we're good you know we don't we're not gonna go in there and like take the green room just because we're the headliner game changer especially to you know it's hard to stay healthy out there. You got a, you know, I got a big marine cooler too that I keep in there, and you know, we'll do a big grocery run, and I got a stove and everything. We don't, we don't got to eat shitty food anymore. Oh, you put it's a amazing. stove in there? Well, I have like a, a, a stove I take out. It's like a camping stove. Oh, cool. So I put it. I got a little setup I put on the side of the van, and we'll be, you know, we'll be cooking dinner in like a pilot parking lot. <laughs> People amazing. are like looking at us like we're crazy, and we're just like. Happy as can be. <laughs> this is That's great. The best man. That's Having the best. fish for dinner. <laughs> That's so good. I remember our first our first tour ever, 2006. Um, we were we were out with a a band called Rude Buddha and another band called 33 West. And um, the tour, you know, <clears throat> it was fun, but it wasn't going well financially. And so, like, we're uh, we were in Detroit for most of the day. We got there super early. It was cold. It was like rainy. And we put the van side by side and put a tarp between them and basically set up like a little camp area mm-hmm. in, in like the parking lot across the street from the venue. And we were just like cooking a giant can of beans like on this little grill. <laughs> oh, man. We made no money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. The good old days. The good old days. Sleeping on floors. And that song, Gas Station Burrito, people ask all the time. Yeah. They're like, is that real? I'm like, yeah, that, that whole song is real. Like everything about that song is real. Then nothing is embellished. Like that shit is legit. Sleeping on floors, waking up next to litter boxes and, you know, yeah, tire man. blowouts and awful. All right. Your song, uh, cheers too. That's a good one. Oh, thanks. I think it's cheers. Yeah. You're like thanking people for using all their hot water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Drink all your beer and use all your hot, hot yeah. water, sleep, sleep on your couch. That's yeah. another thing now that there's so many people that have like, have set their houses up to house bands that are touring too, man. It's unreal. It's, that's a whole, 
network now, like the like that Nash pad and um, yep, the Nash pad, yeah, out in Salt Lake City, places like that. Amazing the kindness that you can get from people nowadays. You, you hear about all these awful things that happen, you know, all the time, every day, you know, and your phone is. You look at your phone and there's like bad shit, but then you go out there and you see the humanity and the hospitality, and it just it restores your faith in in all of it. Yep. It, it it does exist, you know. And the the type of music that we've been doing um it's like the community that is built from that <clears throat> built around that um it's just mostly good people and everybody's just positive and I don't know, it's it's like this it's like a jam band culture but not jam band. I don't I don't know how to explain it, you know. You you understand what I'm saying, but Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's real. It, it's like blue collar. Yeah. You know, hardworking people, and it's therapy for people to come out to the show, and it's therapy for you writing those songs, and then you get to compare stories, you know, and people tell you what the song means to them, and more than most of the time, it, it's what you wrote it for. You know, like, yeah, we're there, we're right there. Let's share, share the story. And get some therapy out of it. Mm-hmm. I can't, I had to. Uh, we canceled cable. I I tell you, I I try to try to be informed, but it was just hard to even watch the news anymore. It's just so negative, negativity everywhere. Yeah. And if you don't come out of that bubble, you get lost in it. You know. I know it's like trying to. It's like things that are constantly trying to take away your light, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to look for things that, I don't know, that give you light, make the light stronger, you know, like um, surround yourself with, with people that are like-minded and um, aren't going to be miserable and negative. Yeah. What was, uh, so on that note, I don't know if this has anything to do with that, but w- what was the... Uh, <clears throat> the reason for uh, Pasadena breaking up, what do you think it was? Um, well, throughout the years, you know, people, the original guys one by one left and just, you know, to do other things or <clears throat> start families and stuff. And short end of it was just, it was just, I was the only original guy left. Um, and I just wanted to to die with dignity, kind of, you know. And my my musical tastes were changing, and it was a different lineup, so it just seemed like the right thing to do. I still kind of struggle with it, but I made a call, and I think I think I did the right thing. You know, people people grew up with with that band and really cared about it, and I I didn't want to see it kind of fizzle out or change in a way that didn't reflect the philosophy of the band or the sound you know did you feel like it wasn't uh did you feel like it wasn't necessarily representing yourself anymore like maybe the i I don't know the the style of the songs or the sound a little bit i mean you know one of the problems with getting happy is uh (laughs) you know everything changes so i you know i was starting, you know, we just got married and was kind of 
in a place where I didn't want to be angry anymore. And a lot of that stuff, a lot of the Pasadena growing up, you know, based heavily around situations in our lives. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a vocal dog. <laughs> One second. Hey, come here. Ruby, come here. It's okay. I have a very paranoid dog. I can't believe she's been quiet this long. Um, I, well, what was I saying? Yeah, so I kind of got all the all the toxic things from my life weren't there anymore. Yeah, my, my musical tastes were changing. I was writing about different stuff and it just seemed like time to do something different um but i miss it a lot i really do i miss the guys a lot and uh we're actually gonna do we got almost the entire lineup together we're gonna do a reunion show in august i'm pretty excited about it oh uh, cool man what's when yeah is, where is that uh we're gonna do soundstage august 2nd nice. uh, in baltimore that's great. And then, um, any any other support, or just you guys? Uh, we haven't we haven't announced any support yet, but we do have some uh, some classic back in the day bands playing with us. Nice. Pretty excited about it. Awesome. Um, but it was the last Pasadena show was it'll be about two years, and um, the day after the last show, I did a nationwide tour with my new band started in raleigh the next day and since then i've just been hitting it as hard as i can man trying to do the work and i kept it i did i still do some of the songs um there was a handful that i i wanted to keep and i, I don't think i'll re-record them in a studio or anything but you know from playing that in that band for so long when i get out of town people want to hear certain songs and <clears throat> I did keep a handful that I really liked and meant meant a lot to me. So, right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. That's totally. There just, wasn't like a tragic ending or anything like that. No, yeah, I wasn't. Thank God. Really, yeah, you know, I'd hate, I'd hate for that. I, I could live myself that was, if it was something bad, you know. No, it's it's a uh, it's it's a respectable um, ending, I guess. You know, it's just obvious that people's the the hearts weren't the hearts weren't completely in it anymore which is you know yeah and it was like it was like it was a it was a very much a communal kind of band like we all had an equal say which probably hurt us a lot but uh you know once once that kind of feeling went away it just didn't seem like didn't seem like something to keep going but we had a good run, man. It was a good times, for sure. Yeah, I was. I'm, I was trying to find uh, the the old flyers from um, those first Halloween shows at Wrecker, and I know you guys. Oh did one, yeah, man, one those one were two. legendary. Yeah, you guys did one or legendary. two of those with us, and uh, <laughs> such a good time back then. It was. I think. I think you guys did the first one with us, maybe. I, I I remember um, I had like a big blonde wig on the entire night. Like my costume involved like a big blonde like uh, uh, Garth kind of wig, you know. And uh, I remember seeing somebody at a show that was, you know, we were opening for you. They were one of your fans that 
hers that night and they came up to another show and they, I remember them telling me, like, what happened? You cut your long blonde hair off. Like, oh, no, that was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> those were legendary, man. Oh, man. Those are so fun. It was like us, you guys can't hang. I think Bond and Bentley played. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you guys you guys go big on Halloween. Yeah. We've actually been I, – I wanted us to take off last year. We Last year was the first year that we didn't do one. And uh, since 2007, so it was like over a decade of just doing this every year, and it became um, it was really tough to do when you're coming off of a tour, like as opposed to like having like a week at home to like finalize and get the, everything done. The stage, yeah, prepare, <laughs> yeah, because we would like build out the stage, like build like build sets and shit, and. Um, we didn't have time to do that when we were on the road the last couple of years. And it just got to be so, um, it just got to be too much. And, uh, and plus like after, after my dad died, it was like, uh, we did, I think we did. Yeah. We did one more that he died in 2016 and we did one in 2017. Um, but I just wasn't feeling it because he was the one that like got us into all that Halloween stuff when we were kids. And, uh, <clears throat> and like, it was just a lot of fun, you know? And then like, after he passed, it was like the, the, the life just went out of that for me. It just took the wind out of my sails when it came to Halloween stuff. And, and that on, on top of like the touring and it just got to be too much. So we stopped doing it. And I don't think we're going to do one this year either. <clears throat> you know, I think it's something we're going to come back to, but we just got to, I don't know. We got to get excited about it again. You know, I love Halloween. I love October. I love the whole vibe, but just, I don't know. I need something to really light the fire again. But, but. Plus, you're, you're trick or treating now. Yeah, yeah. No trick or treating. Yeah. We don't do it on a Halloween, like on Halloween, like for, for real because of the, you know, yeah. the kids, or whatever. But the weekend before, you know, but um, there was an option for us to do it November 1st this year because I guess that's the Friday. Um, and the weekend before, we're going to be like, like out, you know? So I was like, eh, no, it's like once, once it's November 1st, it's like no one cares anymore. It's not Halloween anymore. The vibe is gone. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know, I, we just made a, a decision to, to just say no. And I don't know, maybe next year, but, uh, we definitely had some great times and you guys were part of it. And, uh, they were just magical shows for us. You know, I remember you were the, you were the Joker one time and you nailed it <laughs> in like the nurse's, <laughs> 2008 yeah 2008 yeah I was the nurse joker that was that was one of my favorite costumes for sure I was a huge dark knight freak back then man love that movie my big week uh St. Patrick that that those two weekends was kind of like my big where I we'd try and do something big you know I got a place I play the St. Patrick's Day parade in uh Seaside Heights almost every year. And then we'll do like this year, we did Rams at own stage, um, the day of the Annapolis parade. And, um, it's like getting longer now. St. Patrick's day is like an almost two and a half week thing. And <laughs> it's like, man, people can't handle need, that. I people need, need like, any excuse to drink when in it the was morning. one weekend and we go crazy for one weekend. and It was good. <laughs> 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 it's like so long. 
So what, are you recording anything new? What's the plan? Yeah, I just put out a live record up from uh, up in Buffalo not too long, less than a year ago. And um, I'm going to be doing um, a single before uh, September and then hopefully have a new record out um, by the end of the year. Um, I've been writing a lot, got a ton of new stuff. Uh, I'm doing a lot of touring. I'm, I'm touring, doing a support tour in, uh, Canada and the Northern United States in August and September. So I'm going to try and get as much done as I can before then, but, uh, I'm going to be pretty busy. So I'm hoping to get a single out before I leave for that. Um, and I just got a team recently. So before I was doing everything on my own, which you can't do. So I wasn't doing a very good job, but now I got, got people to help me. So it should be a little smoother with getting new content out. I've been doing a lot of video, live videos and stuff like that, just to get it out so people can see what I'm doing now. That was kind of my focus the last few months, yeah, but I'm in the studio now. This is my first, uh, podcast by the way i don't know i hope i'm doing a good job <laughs> oh dude you're doing great i love podcasts so i'm like i'm a big podcast dude big yeah, time. I've, I've done uh this is gonna be episode 74 i've done 74 of these you're, you're doing better than me you got a ton man i did some um, when i i hit you up the other day and told you i was really enjoying it we, we started from the uh from the beginning so i'm like trying to go in order but you know obviously like i listen to like Brandon's both of his and I I'm probably going to skip up to the wax episode because I love him but I'm trying to do it in order yeah no worries um, man yeah the, uh wax was a great yeah, episode yeah. he man we talked for like two hours that day he was just so man, cool man. what a talented guy super talented I was just praising him for like being able to like like use his words like <laughs> the way he just makes shit up and just i don't know crazy i can't even imagine being able to do that do you ever um get to play with mcgregor uh years ago yeah well i um i try to make the connection with him because we played there in like 99 at, at the uh at the vault remember the vault mm. yeah yeah dude yeah wow and mcgregor played cool. with us one night and I don't know if he was in the band or not. I can't remember. This is like 99. But yeah, we talked about that. I, I got on, I, I was a fan of Wax, but I never got to see McGregor live. Uh, and I kind of got on from them late and I was so mad at myself for not knowing that that was a thing. <laughs> I would have, I love that band. Yeah, they were, they were really good. I remember the guitar player like shredding it up. So talented. Um, I know what I was going to say what, so when you're, uh, you said you just, you just built a team. Um, what do you look for in a team? What do you look for in a manager? Or what do you look for in an agent? Well, I, I'm in a really good spot because I did everything wrong for so long. So <laughs> good way to learn. I, I literally did almost everything wrong. Never kept numbers back in the day when we were doing our heaviest touring. I don't, I just never did anything. We had Rob Bryan was our full service booking and management, you know, and he was just one guy. So we missed a lot of stuff. He did a great job, 
but you know, one person can't do it all. And, uh, so, you know, and even like listening to your one episode about, um, mechanical royalties and stuff, I'm just trying to figure out what I need to do. But, uh, I just got on a new book in agency that I'm happy with. We started in March, um, with Nimble Slick, who's bumping uglies and tribadelic. So I'm in, I'm in good company. Both bands are doing wonderful things. Yeah, so you're very you're very intimate with those guys, uh, especially Bump and Uglies. And then uh, I just very recently um, got a call from an old friend that used to manage a band up in New York that I was uh, that I would tour with, and uh, he is. Um, taking on more acts. So he kind of called me out of the blue and I knew I needed management, but I don't know the first thing about it. So, uh, we got talking and he was saying a lot of things that I liked that we're starting out. I don't know much about it, you know, obviously, but just somebody to, somebody to help get you properly promoted when, when you're on the road, you know, you can't, I'm driving the show trying to promote the show. I can't do that. Right. So just hopefully get get the promotion rolling, get some get some new uh, opportunities, try and get on that festival circuit. Just keep it rolling, man. You know, I don't know I don't know much about the back end like that, unfortunately. I just put my head down and tour and hope it works out. <laughs> so it's good to have people that have my back. Sure. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I, I would say just uh, make sure that whoever you're paying is, um, you know, earning their keep, and it's someone that someone or some team or whatever that um, is doing things. Basically, the way I see it is that, like, I think I do think that every artist these days should be uh, have an entrepreneurial spirit, like have the sort of you got to be kind of business-minded. Um, and some just aren't at all, and they let people handle things, and that's fine. Um, I think it helps to, to know what's going on. Uh, but oh, I think, yeah, for but, sure. But the goal also to me is to just, just do music and engage with the fans. And, like, everything else should be, you know, on management and agent to, like, Secure, secure the shows. You tell them where you want to go. They make it happen. And then they deal with everything that comes with that. Talking to promoters, mm-hmm. doing all the bullshit, sending, po- sending out posters, um, you know, rounding up all your tour dates and making sure that your, your, your tour dates are all aligned and everything's right and correct. And, you know, all that, all that administration bullshit, that should not be on the artist. And that's what I look for in management. Like, um, you need to focus on just writing the tunes and then engaging with your, with your audience. So yeah, get out and play music. And I have, I've, I've been doing everything on my own for a while now. And it's just, you, you can't do it. You know, it's too much. The best thing so I'm for you, to that. yeah, the best thing for you is keep playing. And then like we, we, we have like our management, uh, they'll, they'll post on like, they'll like create event pages, post on the event pages, Sometimes they'll post on the Ballyhoo Facebook and every now and then post on the, on the Ballyhoo Instagram. I, I do all that 
stuff. I'm like the social guy, but um, even when they will make that initial post, like, hey, we're playing here. Like, I don't want to make posts like that. I want to make posts that are like fun and like, I want to engage with the people that are leaving comments on those posts. Like that, that's yeah. really me. That's me going out there and like, dude, thanks so much for, for listening or thanks for, you know, uh, sharing this with, with your friend or whatever. Like that's me on that. That's not management. Like I think that's important for, for you to be doing is like, let them take care of all that, the crap, the boring shit. And you have fun with your, with your audience. And you know, yeah, yeah. You get to engage, you know, and that's, that's what people want. They don't want to, they don't want just an event page. You know, they want to, they're, they're talking. They want to talk to you. They want a human experience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's something that artists can really, um, capitalize on these days is just being real and, you know, being in direct contact as, as weird as it is, you know, you know, nowadays to like, have people just be able to message you, you know, out of nowhere. Like you have no idea who they are, but they know you and they're just suddenly they're in this private message with you. I mean, that's a great thing. It's weird, but it's great. It's like you have a chance to, to build a relationship with someone mm-hmm. and you just have no idea where that's going to lead. You know, it's not, you know, it's always cool. you don't have to like people go out for drinks and hang out with their kids. You just got to like, they're going to tell their friends and they're going to come to the show and you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's always funny to get like a message like, I'm sure you're not going to see this or like, I'm sure that Joey doesn't check these messages and I'll hit him back like, oh, yeah. yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I don't make enough money yet. <laughs> hey, <laughs> come to my show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, money. And especially, you know, sometimes you get messages from people that your song helped them through a time or something like that. It might be a long message, but... You know, those kind of messages, when you reply to that and just tell them, you know, glad it, it helped you, I mean, that means the world to people, too. Yeah. I know that if I was emailing, you know, my favorite band, Green Day, and they were, like, replying back and, like, we had a thread, you know, we had our own private thread, I'd be fucking stoked. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, the yeah, just the best way to do it is just to be real and just and just know your audience and talk to them and um, find out what they're into. And I don't know, just have an organic relationship with them. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be this like one-sided thing. Like, here's my music, listen to it, you know, yeah. and that's it. I don't care what you think about it. Like, you know, it's, there's, I, and I like you to know, have a sense of family. Especially you know? that shows too. I mean, you, that's, you do it, uh, but some people kind of hide back in the green room, but you know, you come, you got to go out, you know, I go out and I'll, I'll walk the room and, you know, if anybody wants to come up and say hi or get a picture or something, I'm, I love it, you know. I yeah. don't want you hiding back there. <clears throat> you know, to an extent, you can't you can't be yelling over everybody and losing your voice. But, That's what's You know, what I see happening. you come out to the merch table and I think you, you, all you guys come out to the merch table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we that's what was happening like we, for years we would we would I'd be out there hanging out and getting drunk with everybody, you know. And um as fun as that was, I can't do it anymore. It's just like nah, you know, it's yeah. it's it's harder to take care of your voice the older you get and you know, I don't drink as much as nearly as much as I used to. And yeah. That's so, one like, of the great lessons for for touring bands. You you find out after a few years like, "Oh, wait a minute. I shouldn't get drunk before the show." <laughs> It makes it way better. 
Do yeah. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think if you're if you're in your twenties, you should live it up. I think you should probably keep it for after the show, um, because we definitely had plenty of nights where we were getting you know drinking for eight hours and then going stage and it was fucking terrible, and we thought it was the best thing ever. But yeah, mm. party it up, man. After the show, go out, have fun, meet your fans, like rage it up. But then when you get in your thirties, yeah. it's way harder to do that. You don't even want to anymore. <laughs> it's over. like the it's like the day I turned thirty. Yeah, same, <laughs> like, same. Our hangover was so bad. Like, what? Yeah, dude. I had like a hangover and like everything ached and it just didn't stop aching, you know, the day I turned 30. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, it going out to the merch table and meeting the people that paid to see you, that took the time out of their night and the money out of their wallet from their job, you know, to, to come see you and probably stay out late when they got to wake up early the next day. Like yeah. that is you owe them everything, you know, or almost everything, you know, yeah. it's like, I think there you, you owe it to them to say hello and take a picture if they want it. And, and all those bands out there charging for fucking photos. Fuck that dude. That's great. That shit's people re- do that. Yeah. People do that shit. Wow. And I'm not a fan of the VIP stuff either. Like I don't, I think the VIP thing is, it is a, solid way for bands to make extra money because it's hard out there. It's gotten harder. Um, but for me, I'm just like, no, just I'm going to be at the merch table later anyway. So yeah, we don't I'm not, need to I'm, do that. It's not for me either. I, I get why people do it, mm-hmm. especially if you're at a point where, you know, you're, you're playing to really big crowds, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's not for me either. I'd much rather just go out and, yeah, I you know. think if you can provide provide like a like a really super awesome unique opportunity for a fan, um, <clears throat> and maybe they walk away with some kind of merch or you know along with the picture, I think that you know if you're doing something to really like make it an experience a VIP experience rather than just like <clears throat> all right pay it pay an extra thirty bucks on top of the ticket come come at sound check and get a picture with the band like that to me that's not enough like i'm yeah. not saying i'm completely against the vip thing i just think that like you need to provide some do, sort of experience I, I do like the idea of a of the sound check thing um only because people don't get to see that they don't see how much preparation goes into it and then also if they're and i, I don't i don't think i would ever be in a position where i could sell that ticket but if it's a big show they're in there before everybody else they can get a good spot you know i would do that Mm -hmm. i would pay to go to a big show get in early and see the guys tune up and stuff that's kind of cool to me Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i think i think for the really big bands that are like selling out amphitheaters and stuff like it's obviously a lot harder to you know they can't just go to merch. They'll be there for fucking eight hours after the set every night, you know, yeah. meeting people. And yeah. if they're willing to stick around that long. Um, so there may come a point where bands like that, a VIP thing is ideal because fan can pay a little extra, you know, 20, 30 bucks to actually come and meet and hang out for a little bit yeah. before the show. I mean, I can see that, you know, like you could shake Willie Nelson's hand, you know, right. I'll pay That's 20 cool. bucks for that. I'll pay 30 bucks for that. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay that. <laughs> yeah, man. We're going to see him, uh, Merriweather, next month. Oh, sick. Or this month? 
soon. Yeah, I'm excited. That's fun. <clears throat> um, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. To to each their own, you know. I for me, I just don't feel like we're at a point where 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 we want to. I don't know. Where VIP is. I don't know. It just yeah, seems I, like a money grab. Money grab to me. It's not for me either. But I just I think I. I don't know. It's not like a vanity thing, you know, but it's like, I'm like, who the hell would pay to meet me? <laughs> like, like, I'm going to be there anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. So I'm probably going to be walking around before the set. Like, yeah. yeah um, and that's another thing. It's got to piss people off. They pay extra to get a picture and shake my hand and then, he, and then they come out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're getting, you know. That's the thing. You can't do that then. You can't go to the merch table after, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't feel as um, special to me. I get why people do it, but I just, it's not something I yeah. could get behind me personally, you know, but yeah, I do, I do never, understand it. Yeah, I totally understand it as well. Um, but we've been asked a couple times if we want to do that. And we'll have promoters like, hey, you guys cool doing a VIP thing? We're like, nah. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, we're not doing that. It's like... It's, like they're all VIPs, bro. Yeah, everybody's... Everybody's at the show, and we're going to come out to the merch table anyway after the set. That's because they want to make more money, you know? It's like, no, fuck that. But, you know. I tell you, that's the one thing. You got to make money, though. It's hard to... Got to make money. Hard to be everywhere. No, nah, you know. that's why the whole selling out term is something that I just... I've shunned for years because it's, it's a horseshit term, especially nowadays. You know, bands have to work extra hard to get noticed and <clears throat> get people to come to the shows and get people to listen to the music. And, um, you know, you got to do things. You have to uh, align with brands that, you know, share similar uh, lifestyle things. You know what I mean? Like things yeah. that match with the band. Yeah, you have to do that. You have to brand things up. You have to, you know, Pepper has a wine. Ballyhoo has a beer, you know. We're working on a weed, like that kind of shit. Like there's, there's just mm-hmm. all these bands. You see them; they're coming out with beers and they're doing their own uh, rolling papers and you know whatever, like whatever the lifestyle thing is for that particular genre or that that band. I need to have me a nice whiskey. My what, name on it one nice day. Whiskey, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> Harkham Reserve. <laughs> Probably be dangerous for me to have my own whiskey. <laughs> Triple distilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool man yeah it's funny man i'm like i'm i'm kind of starting over man and i'm i'm learning so much about how to do things right and every day learning something new man it's really cool and i you know i still got the drive to get out on the road and I, i'm still writing and feels good man it's exciting what's the uh is there an advantage to being a solo artist over having a band? Yeah. Oh, well, I have a full band. Well, I know that, but you, uh, you're you pretty much dictating everything now, like where, where yeah, the sound goes. Yeah, there's stuff. only one cook, you know, right. in the kitchen. And when I can't afford to take the guys, I just go solo, you know. And they, the, the band I have right now are extremely talented guys, and everybody's from Maryland different parts of Maryland and they all play in their, in other bands too. So when I get them way in advance for a blocked off tour and then they have other bands they play in other passions they do, um, when I can't afford to bring them, 
which has been very, very nice because I can, I can kind of pick and choose when I can take them and then I can pay them properly. And if I can't afford them, I don't take them. Nobody's, nobody's, you know, nobody's late on the rent, you know, it's good. That's very, great. very good. It's an understanding, simple relationship. Say again, sorry. So it's a it's a simple and understanding relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I got I got to work out cut and dry, and that's another thing that I that I really was bad at is miscommunication. <clears throat> you know, back in in the day, and now everything is just very like this is how I'm doing things. Everybody knows, you know what what kind of cut they're getting, and um. And keep people keep them happy. I feed them, you know, and we have a we have a good time. It's very safe, you know. Nobody's nobody's sleeping in sketchy spots anymore, for the most part. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always a, a night or two where you find a floor you're not too uh, familiar with, but for sure, yeah. I don't miss those days. <laughs> Sleeping I'm, on the I'm, I'm floor. almost out of there, man. <laughs> good, good to hear. <laughs> yeah, and now that I got the got the the van, kind of a camper, so it's been really good because I'll I'll buy the guys a hotel room and I'll sleep in the van. That's great. Instead of getting two rooms, so it saves money. They get a bed, I get privacy. You know, that's awesome, man. Good. Yeah, and then when I'm solo. I mean, I was just, I was just doing a couple of days last week, man. And I, I get done the gig. I pack my shit up. I got all the curtains and the stuff for the van. Like I get all, you know, campered out and I turn on my battery. I got fans running in there and I'm just, I'm sleeping in till 10 o'clock, man. <laughs> Great. Not to worry about nothing. Rested. That's, That's another thing too, man. Sleep. I remember not getting any sleep ever. It's important. Yeah. And now I, I need sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't get much sleep either. It was, uh, <clears throat> you know, being in the van and all that, and the passenger van, and just all the drinking and staying up late, and you know, yet you, you got to get up early the next day to get on the road. So it's just, it becomes a weird cycle mm-hmm. every day, and. uh for a month, you realize you wake up, you realize you've been drunk and hungover for a month. You know? Oh, awful! Yeah, it's terrible. I used to lose my voice the last show every tour, <laughs> just because you would go so hard that, like, by the end, you're just like, it's just dust in my throat, just like awful. Yeah, I've had I've had my voice go out on the first show of a tour before. <laughs> awful. I um I messed up my hand first day of tour, uh, oh. once, oh, and my two, uh, my two, my middle finger and my ring finger, I sprained them, and for the rest of the tour, thank God it was my my strumming hand, but I had two of those like metal, um, what do you call them? They like keep your finger straight, but they were metal, so the like oh, half the tour I'm playing and the, these metal splints. Or, or clanking along the guitar. It was awful. <laughs> For like almost a month. 
Damn. Yeah, you gotta get, gotta take care of your hands, man. Take care of the hands and the voice. Just overall, it's like the overall wellness is so important to uh, performing at a hundred percent. And uh, I just try to, you know, not. I'm not. For me, I'm not really into anything super active anyway, or anything that's gonna really hurt my hands. Um, and uh, I pretty much stopped drinking before the shows and. Definitely not drinking as much after the shows, you know. Um, well, that's how you hurt your hands, right? Yeah, that's what, yeah, it's, <laughs> it all works together. Doing just like shenanigans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> shenanigans, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to smoke like a pack and a half a day back when, too. Mm. And I don't know how the hell my voice held up. But <sighs> I never understood that myself. Even when you could smoke in the bars back then, I used to, I used to be on, on stage with a cig in my mouth singing. Ugh. Unreal. I hate playing in bars that are smoky, man. Ugh. I do now. It's and awful. It's, it's crazy that they still exist. I know. There, there's definitely some bars that still do it. Yeah, Florida. God damn it. Even uh, I play a little club in, um, in Pennsylvania that they still smoke in. Wow. And, um, you know, you don't, you didn't never realize how bad it was until now you go in and, and you start coughing. You go in one time for, for two seconds, you come out and you smell like smoke for the rest of the night. It yeah. sucks, dude. Got to wash all your clothes. Like, yeah, ugh. don't wear your coat in there. Yeah. I try to leave everything <laughs> like as much as I can in the van. So I don't have to bring it in and get smoky. I loved it back in the day though. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Different times for sure. Oh, crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. uh, Pasadena reunion show in August. August 2nd. Yep. It's got, fun. uh, got almost everybody on board and it's going to just be a fun, fun night. We're going to be playing a bunch of old songs and, um, basically just me and Will were, um, at the house playing some songs one night and I've been wanting to do it, you know, for about a year. And we were just like, you know what? We'll just send everybody messages and we'll do it. Let's all get together. So I think it's going to be a really good time. That's fun. Kind of like a no, no pressure, have a good time show. Really looking forward to it. We're going to, we're going to be practicing the next uh, two months on all these like decade long songs, old songs, you know, be very cool. That's good to hear, man. I'm glad everybody's still on uh, good terms and, I'm gonna come back. And then that next week, um, I'm flying out and I'm doing a support tour for my Irish uh, brother, um, Keith Harkin, and starts in Salt Lake City, and we do basically northern United States and and southern Canada for about a month and a half. Oh wow! Yeah. Awesome. Gonna be cool. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Um, So everybody can find you. It's uh, Joey Harkin on Instagram. Yep, Joey Harkham. Um, anywhere you, anywhere there's a search bar. Right on. Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, um, bands in town, all that stuff. Nice. I'll uh, I'll make sure to include the link to your Spotify page cool. in the uh, in the caption for the pod. Nice man. Well, Joey's good to talk to you. You too, man. We should get together for a beer one day when we're both home. I know, man. It's been been a been a long time. It was nice to catch up a little bit. 
Yeah, you too, man. I'm well, glad you're talking with you. I'm glad everything's yeah. going well and uh, glad you're stoked about everything. And um, it's nice to see the hustle. You've always been like, your, your voice has always been so killer. You know, I, th- I, swear, I swear Brandon Hardesty wanted to be you at one point. Um, <laughs> it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like you borrowed a lot of uh, uh, style from you. And um, I don't know, you, you just always said that. One of the coolest voices in the area, yeah. Well, thank you. Dude, well, good to talk to you, man. I, I guess I'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, my brother. Be safe out there. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. Have a, have a great day. All right, all right. Thank you, Joey. Everybody, uh, hit the link in the description and go to uh, go follow Joey Harkum's Spotify page. Dude's got a, a killer voice, and uh, it was it was great to catch up, man. So thank you all for listening. Um, if you want to support the podcast, go to talesfromthegreenroom.com. Hit the support the podcast button. Follow me at Howie Spangler at Instagram and Twitter. I'm on Facebook again. Ugh, Facebook, right? I, I'm trying not to scroll. As soon as you start scrolling on Facebook, it's over. They've, they've won, you know? Um, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, see you really soon. This is Tales from the Green Room. I'm your host, Howie Spangler. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you next week.